this is Masajati. Welcome to my podcast, Exponential Intelligence. Today's topic is the science of spirituality, where we're going to be answering questions for every spiritual seeker. Uh, just a couple points before we go on. Uh, the questions, I haven't seen them. Okay, so my answers are going to be raw. They might not be politic- politically correct. But this is this is where you get the raw, true knowledge okay, um, uh, of the answers. So that's one. Two, the answers that I, or, or, or that knowledge base that I get this from, I've, I've dubbed it exponential intelligence. So it's a body of knowledge, body of timeless knowledge. It's always been there before time. Uh, before time even started, during time, and then obviously it'll be there after this time space ends. Um, not going to get into the details of uh, connected, but again through the second near death, been able to tap into that body of knowledge. Um, and then my favorite, uh, the title of this podcast, The Science of Spirituality. Uh, I've made it a mission to bring in the science behind religion and spirituality. So in the future, you'll see the science of religion as well. Uh, and we're going to be answering some of those deep questions of religion and spirituality and ha- and what and how it affects your success level. Right? Whether it's physical success, emotional, spiritual, physical, uh, again, health, relationships, uh, finances, and whatever is under this time space, the umbrella. Okay. Uh, before we start the questions, one thing to note, <clears throat> and this is a play on words, uh, is science and spirituality. In the past, those words don't mix too well, right? There's always been a feud. I think since the beginning of the time, I think it was Copernicus, and again. You might want to check, but I think it is uh, Copernicus who said that, um, who was against the church that said that uh, the universe does not uh, <clears throat> revolve around Earth, which at the time the religions thought so, right? Because we're the center of the universe. Uh, and then ever since, there's been a feud. So. So from that time on, you know, scientists prove that he, there's a lot of fallacies in religion and in spirituality, and it can't be really proven. So therefore, God or a higher consciousness does not exist, right? Which I totally agree, because the way they see um, the way they see religions and the pitfalls or the holes in religion. I totally agree with, uh, and it shouldn't be that way. But just because this framework or this paradigm of, of 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 how religion is viewed or the principles of religion is off, very off, and it's and and it's off compared to the originators of many of those religions. It's off the way Muhammad saw it, the way Buddha saw it, the way Jesus saw it. It's very very different than what they practiced. Uh, and I can tell you that as a hundred percent guarantee, because 
if you did practice what Jesus, a Buddha, or Muhammad practiced, or Abraham, or whoever else, those great individuals practiced, you would get the same damn results as they would. If you're not getting the same results, then obviously there's something wrong. You've been taught wrong. You're practicing it wrong. And I'm just telling you that flat out. I just look at the bottom line. Okay? So, so that's one aspect. But then again, for science to say that there's nothing out there, couldn't we look at it from a very different perspective? Just because that paradigm doesn't work, that model doesn't work, let's look at it differently. Is there other possibilities? Yes, there are. In fact, I know those other possibilities or that other possibility that works in every situation, every time, all the time. There's no exceptions to the rule on, if you've listened to my previous podcast, um, the concepts or the paradigms that I talk about in relationships, uh, finances, uh, and so on. There's no exception to the rule. There's no exceptions on the way women should be treated or the way men should be treated or anything like that because it's a human standard. It's a moral standard. It's a top-level, say, answer to any question. And hence, there's no exception to the rule. By the way, that's why there's always an exception to the rule. We're going to cover that in another topic. And then also, for science, for scientists, those intellectuals, and I use the air quotes here, uh, intellects using logic, right? Uh, atheists lose, using their logic. Well, their logic is not so great because in science, in the actual science community, every 30 to 40 years, the the, 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 the the knowledge that those scientists talk about as being so accurate, they find that it's wrong. Even their measurements are off because of more, say, sensitive instrumentation, better instruments, new instruments that study things at a deeper level. So both sides, and that's why I see science and religion really the same, both sides believe in something so strongly that they know very little of. Let me just say that one more time. Scientist religion, both sides believe in something so strongly that they know very little of. Because if they did, it would work in every situation, all the time. Things of being gay, being black, being a woman, being whatever in religion, right? They never changed because it would be God's words. God's words never changed, would never change. But then in religion, it always changes. So they were either lying to you then or they're lying to you now, whichever way you like it. Okay? That's my rant. We'll move on to the questions here. We'll just jump in heavy. Why is there poverty and suffering in the world? And most of these questions, by the way, will be deemed on space-time, space and time. And you might think, well, what does that have to do with spirituality? Okay. So let me just answer that, and then we'll jump into that first question. It's got everything to do with spirituality. It's got everything to do with science. It's got everything to do, say, with the religious concepts. Okay. This reality does not just work on haphazard laws. If you look at nature, those laws are consistent each and every time. There's no exceptions to the rule. So in reality, those are 
say God's creations, if you want to call it, or if you want to label it something, right? Religion should be the same possible, the same way. Um, so I see it as um, EI. Okay? It's it is very spiritual because the work that I do for people, when they transform, when they come into their true being, their you know their their grandest possible self that's deep inside them, when they start living from that space, it's the most spiritual religious experience that people have. That is what religion, that is what spirituality is supposed to do for you. But it doesn't. If it doesn't, you're doing it wrong. The scientists, when they find a great breakthrough, it's that spiritual or experience. Same thing here, when you find that, say, grand breakthrough that works in in every situation, there's a euphoria. There's, that's a spiritual experience for you. So why is there poverty and suffering in the world? Because people don't know who they are. They don't, or they don't operate from the grandness of their real self or their awakened spirit. It's simple as that. So let me just get into the details. I'm not going to get into all the details because that in itself would be about an hour-long podcast. Okay? Uh, but if you do have questions on any of these, please write in masei, M-A-S-E-I, at masajati.com. So masi at masajati.com. So what I mean is that people aren't living their awakened self is that generation after generation after generation, right, we hold on to the experiences that we think are real here in life. So for example, and this is science, scientific, scientifically been proven, uh, for example, people who've been in, in say, war situations, right, two, three, four, five generations down line, the offsprings of those individuals elicit PTSD symptoms to, as those similar to people who've been in war. So those realities or that consciousness flows through generation after generation after generation. And then it gets so embedded so strongly into our, say, DNA structure that we operate out of those templates. And it becomes so real for us that our spirit Spirit thinks that's what we really are. So our spirit, say, gets blindsided, gets so distorted, thinking that that's the reality. So it operates from that reality. And, I, and I've seen, and I can prove it many times because I have disconnected individuals from PTSD symptoms, from distorted symptoms like that, and their lives get much, much better. So why is there poverty and suffering in the re this reality? Because they're not, people are not understanding the, or utilizing their full potential here. It's that simple. If you were an awakened spirit, okay, whichever camp that you come from, right? a definition of an awakened spirit, it would be, well, an all-powerful individual, right? one that would be complete in every sense of the world word i call that 360 degrees of abundance by the way that's what i do pull people into 360 degrees of abundance because they live here from a higher version of their, their themselves the 99 percent of their makeup uh they live out of that 
out of that space in this reality. If you were an awakened spirit, there would be no shortcomings. There would be no lack here in this reality. You would be all complete. If everybody lived in that space, there would be no poverty. There would be no suffering in the world. Suffering is not about a learning phase, and I'm not going to get into, say, the religious values of why religion thinks that there's suffering or poverty. It's not about or some of the Eastern philosophies where, you know, we did something wrong or we abused something and now we're paying for it. It's got nothing to do with that. The mere fact is that we don't evolve properly. What that means is that if you look at nature, who is locked into the present moment, they have no control over time. Locked into the present moment, generation after generation, they get better and better and better. In the human consciousness, because we have, or we are the masters of, say, time and space, we haven't mastered it yet, obviously, but we've got that flexibility. We don't evolve, we devolve. We go mostly flat or downhill. Look at your parents, look at you. You've got a lot of shortcomings from your parents. So because of that, over time, and how many generations back can you go? There's a lot of shortcomings that you've inherited. So, uh, and again, not an awakened spirit, hence shortcomings in the reality here. Uh, what is the relationship between science and religion? Uh, and again, I talked about that. Uh, we'll just go a little deeper. So from EI... It is really the science of religion. In EI, it gives you the logic. And someday, if we start to find, say, the right instrumentation, right, the instruments that are sensitive enough that can measure, say, my frequencies, um, they would be the math behind it. Right? And it will work each and every time. So in, in the real world, there is a deep connection between science and religion because, like I said, God creates nature or has created nature in such precision. There's no randomness. Right? Although, and the reason why science thinks there's a lot of randomness in, in, in the reality that's created, especially in the quantum, uh, quantum level, and beyond is because, well, we're not intelligent enough or uh, we're, we're not intelligent enough or we haven't discovered the deeper meanings of those situations. You'll see that it's not so random. So the link between science and religion in my mind is really an avenue if they could merge together and both open up into a newer, higher standard of understanding each other, they could both help each other go to a much, much higher level than ever before. It doesn't have to be a feud. Go to the next question. <clears throat> Why are so many people depressed? For several reasons. Uh, the logical the logical ones, well, anxiety, um, not getting what we desire, 
um, uh, um, you know, the food, the quality of food here, uh, the chemicals and so on, um, toxins and so on that disturb the chemical nature of, of the being. So those are the surface level, okay, um, reasons why. However, there's a deeper layer why. And it's really got to do, again, with space and time. So, and, and, and I've proven it by distorting people out of space and time, and maybe I could do that here. Um, I think I could do that. So, again, a good number of you will probably feel it. So let's just take a deep breath and just notice where you are, and I'll just, um, I'll just walk you through this exercise so you can see what I mean. And then I'll explain, so I don't seed you or anything like that. Uh, as I generate those frequencies that help you shift, help you transform, just another deep breath in, just noticing where you are. Notice like the position of your body. Notice how you're standing or sitting or lying down. Again, you shouldn't be doing anything if, if this is going to be working for you, so don't drive. Just stay quietly in your space. Just give me a second or two. And then a breath in again. As we ask ourselves, how do I connect to pure source even stronger? Get nothing religious or spiritual. You're asking, how can I be my best possible self? So notice your back, your lower spine, your mid-spine, upper spine, all the way up into your neck. And just keep noticing your body. Notice how you're feeling. Kind of distorted, disoriented. Again, I didn't see you, didn't plant any expectations. Why are you feeling like that? Your environment hasn't changed. Your chemical makeup hasn't changed. Your bank account hasn't changed. The person that might be uh, aggravating you hasn't changed. 
I'm kind of sensing that many of you are probably not feeling that great. So let's just pull you back. Pull you back into where you should be an even better, more precise version of yourself. Can notice the feeling that you've got. A lot clearer. So that's why people or depression, anxiety, even suicide happens. Everything else, tension and everything else, is a result of this base reason. You're out of time. For those who didn't feel it, uh, I do a longer version to get you into those deeper states. Okay. Uh, but uh, again, almost say three quarters or so of you felt it. So let me just explain a little deeper on why that happens. So your identity, there's two portions of you. One, your higher self. I call it, I call it your vital force. You might call it your spirit, your higher consciousness, um, higher self-image, whatever that might be. Again, a vital force. That's 99% of your makeup. That's 99% of who you are. The 1% of who you are is your human identity, your consciousness here. And that's what most people base their identities or their whole reality of this existence on. The 1%. This is why people seek spirituality, by the way, because they know there's a bigger, higher, beautiful version of themselves, but they can just access it. It's there. They can feel it, especially when you're getting pushed, right, into a corner, that breaking point, and then that breaking point happens, and then it's like, oh my God, if only X could happen, I know, I can see, I can feel that bigger portion of myself, but why can't I reach it? By the way, I, that's what I do for people. That's what you're looking for, your connection to your higher self, that 99%. Imagine if you operated from the 99% instead of the 1%. So that disconnect the more disconnected you are between the two, the more depressed, anxious, suicidal you become. In fact, uh, from what I've seen, is that if you're too disconnected, again, hence death, right? your body has to, again, because, um, because this reality is based on what's happening on the spirit side. So this reality is a reflection of how awakened your spirit is. So if you get too disconnected, and I'll explain what that means, if you get too disconnected or too far separated from your identity here, that's where suicide happens. Something has to happen, an accident or whatever, but it has to end here because there's no source. Okay. Let me go a little deeper. Again, science behind it. And again, this works each and every case. So what do I mean by disconnected? Okay. 
I see your spirit or your vital force very different than what you've heard out there. So your spirit, uh, by the way, I, I can see your spirit uh, after my second near-death experience. That's one of the gifts that came in right away. Um, your spirit is around you. It's about arm's length around you, right? above you, below you. It creates, think of it as a projector. Okay? That's the only thing that's real in this reality. It's a projector. It's a timeless being. That's who you are, the 99%. As a projector, it projects the image of itself in this reality. The 1%. And not to get too much deeper in that, okay? where it thinks... It's projecting your identity here in the fourth coordinate of space-time. I know this might get a little difficult, but where your spirit thinks it's projecting itself in this reality, again, the fourth coordinate in space-time, if it's off, you're going to feel disconnected. That's all that it's about. the more accurate or the more precise that those coordinates are, the more complete, the more connected you will feel, despite your level of income, um, social structure, intelligence, or anything like that. You'll just be naturally happy. And again, I've proven this tens of thousands of times throughout the, uh, transforming people's lives. Now, that's a very different explanation than, well, uh, the job didn't work out, I had a rough childhood, anything like that. Again, if you're, if you're really, say, deeply connected between the 99% and the 1%, you're so happy and complete on your own without any of those things. The beautiful thing about that is that any of those things that you need, money, no matter if it's you know ten thousand a month, hundred thousand a month, a million a month, whatever it is, comes into you, and and it doesn't distort you or anything of that nature. A very different uh, explanation on why people are so depressed. Huh? By the way, I have a. Um, there are some um, personal development series on depression. Uh, you can try those out if you don't believe me. Uh, if you are depressed, it's one of the fastest ways to get out of depression. And then whatever that you need, by the way, um, you know, chemicals to balance you out and so on, they'll actually work. Whatever that you need will actually work for you. Okay. Uh, what are we all so afraid of? There's lots of reasons why we're all so afraid. But again, it goes back to what I explained earlier. And I can prove that to you as well. Um, but I won't. It just takes too much time. The reason why is that we're disconnected. The more disconnected we are, okay, the more the more jittery that we get, the more out of time we are. Okay? Depression, by the way, going back to that last question, question is that your, your, your vital force thinks that your physical form is placed in another reality. I know that sounds kind of strange. 
But again, there's layers and layers of reality or consciousness that you could be in. Um, so your 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 spirit body or your vital force will say render this physical form that you think is you in another reality, not the reality that you should be. Hence, depression. Um, in the, in being afraid, you're out of time. You're not in the present moment. You're disconnected from time. If you look at people who are afraid, they're always a little jittery, and they're always, again, it, it could be the situation, but the deeper reason is that they're not in present moment. They're not aware of the next moment in time on where they'll be. If you're not aware of the next moment of time, what happens is that many individuals think that they're dying. So the deeper reason why, or the, the next layer up on being out of time, is of being afraid of death. Being afraid of just like disappearing in this reality. And again, it's not like a death, like, you know, like your normal death, you die, you decay, and so on like that. It literally is that you feel like you're going to disappear. And that's a and that's that disconnect, and that's where more, uh, that's where a lot of fear comes into individuals, and then it perpetuates itself. Because if you're living from that core level of fear, it perpetuates into well loss. So, what happens when you're perpetuating loss? It's going to create it manifests itself in this reality as. Losing lovers, losing your home, losing your job, uh, again, fear of whatever. Or, and again, just to prove it to you that it's not anything physically based, people who have make, to, people who have, uh, to make, uh, who make a lot of money, they fear losing their money. They fear making money. So at that level, None of that shit makes sense, right? Why would you be fear? Why would you fear making money, or why would you fear losing money? Why are there that one should provide security and so on? It doesn't. That's why none of that stuff makes uh, will provide you security. Not a good mate or anything like that, because it's all about you and how you render yourself, either behind time or forward in time. So just to get into details, if you're behind time. Okay? You're always running towards time. And this is the people that are always, say, late. All, no matter what they do, they can have 10 alarm clocks. They'll end up late because they're always running after time. Okay? They're always afraid that if they stop running forward or stop moving forward, time is going to go beyond. It's like trying to catch a bus, right? You run out of breath. The bus goes forward. Time goes forward. You die. And that's why, again, you can't stay in this space or you don't feel even if you... That's why those kind of people, uh, again, they couldn't sit still. Always have to be going. Uh, and then there's that forward in time. And again, I, I've done this exercise um, for you so you can try it out. I think on uh, on an event, I'm not exactly sure which event. Um, but th those individuals going forward in time, They'll never catch up. They're 
always like piles of stuff that they have to do that they never get done over and over and over again. Because they're always, again, going ahead of time or trying to be ahead of time. And what happens is that they can never sit still. And if they can't, and the reason why is because it's like a train running ahead of that train of time. If they stand still, time is going to knock them out. Hence, death. Um, and then what happens is that when you're in that space, and people can never be in the moment. People can never be happy. They're always going, okay, this was, this was a great party. What's next? Uh, you know, we, we did this. What's next? Right? That kind of pattern and many more. Uh, and by the way, when you're out of time, your body is a natural clock. Right? Your sleep patterns and everything else, heart rhythms. If you're out of time, the body patterns get distorted. As they get distorted, well, this is where issues, and this is what we call stress, and then we think it's our job or this. But if you think about it, you go to, you know, you go on vacation, you're stressed out. You know, you never come back like, say, really relaxed, those types of individuals, right? Because it's not this kind of stress that we're looking at. It goes something deeper. For people who do go on vacation, they get relaxed and, uh, and complete, they come back refreshed. Well, those people are actually, say, stressed. Um, uh, stressed out. Uh, when is war justifiable? Uh, well, if we were all awakened, there would be no wars. There would be no distortions. There would be no lack. Wars is... Um, I don't want to get into conspiracy theories, um, but all the wars that have ever been created have been to, say, control or bring in the dominance of money. It's all about the money, no matter what it is. It's not. It's never been about, um, um, well, two things. It's, it's, it's all about the money, and then it's all about, say, perpetuating your religious belief systems, which is about the money. So, um, so it's never been about keeping the peace, fighting for freedom, or anything else. All that, all that propaganda. No matter what country it is, it's it's bullshit. It's just about control. And if you're trying to control things from that perspective, obviously you're not awakened because you don't need to control anything or anybody. If we're all awakened, so at a higher level. There is no justifiable reason for war or any other distortion or control feature or damage to to this to the earth, to women, to men, children, or anything else. Uh, those are all say lack features. Uh, we're not awakened beings. Uh, how would God want us to respond to aggression and terrorism? God doesn't give a damn. And I'll say that again. God does not give a damn. By the way, God is not going to judge you in any way. Right? doesn't really care. God is not what you think or how you define it. If you think about it, and I don't want to define God, but in short, I'll define God. God is more of a global, say, template for you. 
God is, just to put it in spiritual or religious terms, God is giving you all the possibilities of this reality. It's like an inventory. You can have, do anything that you want. It's giving you access to complete, it's giving you complete access to all the possible things that you could ever do. What you do with it is your choice. Okay? There's no punishment. There's no reward. Otherwise, it wouldn't be free will. Right? By the way, you don't have free will at the consciousness that you're at. It's only at awakened spirit level. Okay? Uh, and again, that's other questions for you. So the way... Uh, again, so it's not really God's view. However, how does your higher consciousness or your vital force look at terrorism uh, and aggression? Kind of goes back to the war question. Uh, people aren't awakened, so they need to control things. The only reason they need to control things, and again, it's not about accumulating money, it's not about accumulating intelligence, it's about controlling. Because it goes back to space and time again for you. So what happens that people try to control is because they're sensing lack. And when you sense lack, whenever you're in lack, you're out of space and time. You're disconnected from where your spirit body, again, reflects who you are in physical form. It's just like a video game player. Computer generates a video game player, right? A player on the screen. And then, say the computer loses track on, on where that player is. It goes into a meltdown, that computer. Well, your consciousness, your brain kind of goes into a meltdown. You can't control that player anymore. And, that's, and that play, player, if it had emotions and feelings, it feels just like a human disconnected. So what happens... When you're like that, and you can look at any person, whether it's uh, controlling at you know a government level uh, or at a personal level, those individuals are disconnected, out of control. They need to control something to pull them back into time. To get to go extreme at an individual level, uh, people who cut themselves abuse themselves the only reason they're doing it because they lose all identity of how they feel how they are they represented in this reality so they have to cut themselves to pull them back in time and that's why it feels euphoric that's why it feels euphoric for somebody to beat up their spouse uh, or dominate another country or another civilization unfortunately it's not the real answer so what happens is that they have to dominate more territory. They have to dominate more people. They have to abuse more, and so on like that. Again, the reason why it's more and more and more and more. Uh, people who create money this way, wealth this way, right? they've got a billion dollars, it's not enough. They want more. They want more power, more money, more whatever. Again, because it's, it's fiat. Everything like that is fiat. Control like that is fiat. There's no control. The only thing that you're trying to control is that connection between you and your higher self, your vital force. Once you have that connection, 
do have unlimited power. You do not need to control. By the way, that's the best way if you want to lead people. True leaders are individuals who are complete within themselves. And again, coming into the next question, what does it mean to live in the present moment? I'll just answer that. People who know That connection, people who live from that deeper connection between their higher self, the 99%, and that 1%. So becoming present, that's what being present is about. But again, present, um, mindfulness, it's all been uh, you know, key, key words and so on that has been popular, but most people don't do it right. Uh, so in EI's definition of becoming present, uh, again, uh, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll just tell you the best way to become present. Okay? In, in mindfulness techniques or anything else that you do, you become aware of, say, your, uh, your mind, right? your thoughts and so on like that. Uh, or you do yoga or anything like that, which is totally fun. But if you really want to accelerate that, okay? pay attention to your body movements. It sounds pretty simple, but try it. Whatever you're doing, start with one body part, right? like your hands. Notice your hands throughout the day. Uh, notice the water when you wash your hands, whatever else, right? lotion, whatever else that you notice how you hold your phone, notice how it holds the steering wheel, or anything else. Notice the functioning, the movements of your hand. When you get good at that, you can start with your fingers or just one finger. And I go, and you might go, well, that's too simplistic. Give it a try. If you did that, just noticing your hands, analyzing your hands, the functioning of your hands, by the way, unbelievable mechanisms, um, whoever designed it. Um, if you did that, say five minutes here and there, one, you would be amazed on how content you are, how happy you are, just naturally. You'd be amazed how present you are. You'd be amazed how connected you will feel. Okay? Expand that out to your hands and then to your arms. Do both arms at the same time. Be conscious of both arms. So again, splitting space and time or being aware of more moments of time than just one. Then move into your neck. And then eventually become aware of say, every action that you can in physical form. As you walk, notice your hands. If you make this a daily practice and get better and better and better at it, if you do nothing else with me or if you do nothing else in, in this reality, if you did that successfully, you'd be very abundant in all aspects including money. Uh, what is our greatest distraction? Our greatest distraction is stepping out of time. Okay? So what happens, and the only reason why people do what they do, 
They make more money. They make babies. They get married. They get do whatever. Probably the uh, the other way around. They get married and then make babies. But anyway, um, the point is that they're always propelling themselves forward. That is the great distraction. If I do X, then I'll be happy. I'll be richer. I'll be prettier. I'll be whatever. They're never in the present moment. You're always like perpetuating yourself forward. You're always doing something to get better. The only way to get better and be satisfied with it is to hold back, notice where you are, again, like I said, what to do in the present moment, and then you expand into your abundance. So you get, say, larger than life. You're not going anywhere because, well, space and time are made up. The only thing that's real is your 99%, your vital force. You can't go anywhere. There's nowhere to go. It's all a dream state, literally. And that's the greatest distraction. Again, the greatest distraction is you trying to perpetuate yourself to becoming, say, a better person or controlling something or doing whatever, having fun, whatever it might be. And then you keep losing yourself. The only reason why you're here is to understand the connection between your 99%, your timeless being, your vital force that breathes life into your 1%. You have that strong connection. Um, there would be no distractions. You'd be fully aware of your reality right here, right now, all the time. You'd be fully present, thus enjoying the beauty of being in this reality. That is actually the gift given to you by your vital force that nobody ever opens or hardly ever um, anybody opens it except for very few and even those very few are just glimpses they're not consistently by the way that's our goal to be in this space 100% of the time I call that superhuman by the way or archetype superhuman to being in this space with no distractions so basically being in real time here and understanding you are of a greater consequence or a greater entity so again, the greatest distraction for you is trying to perpetuate yourself into something or someone that you're not. And you can never be, because it's not real. Moving on. Is current religion serving its purpose? Ooh. Hell no. If it was well, we wouldn't be repeating the same mistakes that we've made for thousands of years. We're still having wars. We're still fighting over property, territories, people, food shortages, um, all those things. Um, religion is supposed to be awakening us, right? To be better individuals. But again, look at 
look at society. Have we grown, say, technologically? Yes. Our standard of living is way off the charts. But even in that, we've grown technologically, but emotionally and then intelligently as as a whole, as a human consciousness? Hell no. Religion hasn't done anything. It's killed more people for that reason than anything else. It hasn't really worked out. And again, if we practiced it the way the originators of those religions, Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, Abraham, um, practiced it, and we all did that, we'd have a fantastic life. So there's something amiss there. So did um, so obviously religion hasn't say served its purpose, um, or maybe it has, because religion was really created as a control source to control and harness and pull in um, your spirit energy, because that's the most important thing. That's worth more than one person, and this is a tangent by the way, one person's say spirit. The energy created on that is worth more than, say, all all the gold, money, or anything that's out there. Just one person. Because it provides, say, endless amounts of energy. So, again, in religion, what it's really doing is just harnessing all those people that believe in in their faith. Pulling it into, say, one focal point and creating, say, energy for that focal point, or whatever, if you want to call it an entity, a presence, whatever it is, that controls all the masses. So so in that sense, in the darker sense of why religion was created, okay, uh, then it is serving its purpose. Uh, but uh, again, that's not what the question is asking. I think it's more of a higher purpose question. So in that case, look around you, no hasn't uh, and and not just not to get say specific on a religion because um, well but it does affect all of us um, uh, Jesus for example right? uh, they say Jesus is going to come back uh, and by the way a lot of religions say that something or uh, not something uh, uh, someone a messiah or something is going to come forth right? And it's not here to save people, by the way. It's kind of like the end of time. It's, it, I don't want to get too religious, but I'll put it in religious terms. Okay? Um, so it'll sound like um, a religious aspect, but again, uh, um, the science is it's there behind it to back it up. Okay? So, so when that Messiah comes through, it's not here to save people. Again, and it's not here to judge people or anything like that. It's about, say, a purification to a higher form, to a higher level. Because the darkness, the distortions, and all the abuse and so on has to end at some level. Okay? We're transitioning into a higher frequency. That's the natural state of things to come. That's the natural state of, say, evolution for us. Whether it's in the animal world... Uh, humans don't do it well, but as a universal pattern, we're creating, say, a more efficient way, right? a less denser way to create and sustain this reality here. 
Right? So let me just give you an example. Uh, the cell phone. The first cell phone was this big brief, big ass briefcase, right? It, that, with a huge phone that didn't make very good calls. But now we've become more and more efficient, right? More streamlined. Uh, and now we have these smartphones that can do a hell of a lot of things very efficiently for us. Same thing with the universal patterns. So when that Messiah, and again, it might not be, say, one person, but I, I believe more it's more of a, say, of a consciousness. I mean, it could be one person, say, that pioneers or brings in that consciousness, but it is, um, it is a transformational time or transformational period for us. So coming back to the awakening process in Jesus, what does that all have to do with Jesus? Well, Jesus kind of warned us, like many of the other uh, great individuals, that, hey, we have to wake up. And, well, from the time of his death, it's been 2019 years. Has there been a lot that's changed? Not really. Again, technology's advanced, but it's made people dumber. And that's the, uh, and that's a sign that technology, say, is going the wrong way. It's got nothing to do with technology, by the way. It's not about limiting technology and going backwards in time, going back to the caveman days. It's got nothing to do with that. Um, right now, technology gives us more time, more freedom to understand who we are gives us the possibilities to learn, understand, uh, work on ourselves. But what the hell do we do? We play video games, we go shopping, we do all this other crap that's not worth it, that's worthless. So what we do, uh, again, we don't improve ourselves, we don't improve our intelligence, uh, we just get dumber and dumber and dumber with technology. Again, as a sign, as a whole overall sign in civilization, there's been other civilizations that have destroyed themselves just for this purpose, just because of this purpose. And it's got nothing to do with a technological advancement, by the way. It's just how we've used it and how we've dumbed down ourselves. Okay? In the real world, technology is supposed to aid us to be our best possible human form. Again, superhuman, but it hasn't done that. It's basically replaced us. And that's a warning sign, by the way. We've had 2019 years. First warning. Uh, the second warning would be a little harsher. We have so many more questions so what we're going to do is we're going to split this up into two parts. We're going to end part one here. And and then we'll resume part two uh, on the next podcast. So in the meantime, if you have questions uh, on what, what I talked about or any additional questions, uh, please contact me at masei, that's M-A-S-E-I, at massajadi.com. And as we end, notice what you notice, and then notice the details of what you notice.